It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Hi, Steve Bellinger here. My personal golden age of radio was in the latter half of the 1970s. Pursuing a lifelong dream, I produced a number of programs using my home-built audio studio with reel-to-reel tape and other analog equipment. Only a few of the good programs have survived, which isn't really saying very much since only a few of them were any good. What you're about to hear is one of my first attempts at serious radio drama. What it lacks in technical quality, it makes up for in great performances by the talented actors. So I humbly submit for your approval a story of life, death, and life after death entitled The Ephemeral Man. Stephen A. Bellinger Productions presents The Ephemeral Man, a radio play by Steve Bellinger. Featuring the voices of Neil Boyle, Doris Gilbert, Susan Saigon, Lee Webb, and Jackie Hojorges. What? What's going on here? Why is it so dark? My eyes. I can't open my eyes. I can't seem to move either. Am I asleep? I must be. Well, if this is some kind of bizarre dream, I don't like it. What is that noise? Sounds like a heartbeat and breathing. My God, that's my heart, my breathing. I wonder why it seems so loud. Strange. I can't seem to remember where I am or who I am. I can't remember who I am. Or anything, for that matter. My mind is a complete blank, like, like it's been wiped clean. Oh, this is crazy. Oh, this has got to be a dream. Some silly dream. I'm at home, lying in my bed, dreaming that I have amnesia. Can't remember ever having a dream like this before. I wish the alarm would go off and wake me up. What's that? Somebody coming into the room? Oh, damn. A woman? My wife? I wonder if I am married. Did I dream that? It sounded real. There is a woman in this room. Now I really wish I'd wake up. How's he doing today? No change, doctor. Okay, here. I'm adding to his meds. Give him this VID. Yes, doctor. And be sure to have me paged if there's any change. Yes, doctor. Who the hell is that? Sounds familiar. She called him doctor. Does that mean that I'm in a hospital? Oh, that's impossible. I don't remember getting sick. Oh, this doesn't make any sense at all. I can't remember getting sick or having an accident or anything except... except that doctor's voice. Your wife asked me to speak to you. What? Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember something now. I met that doctor before. 
Yes, I, I've known him for, for a long time. And sometime recently, I had an appointment with him. Can't recall when. We did, we did talk. Can't quite remember when that was. Oh, Kelly, hello. Come in and sit down. I'll be with you in a second. Yes. Yes, I remember it now. So, Kelly, how have you been? I'm fine. Is that why you called me in here? No, your, your wife asked me to speak with you. Really? About what? Kelly, how are things going for you? I mean, are there any problems that... Are you moonlighting as a shrink now? Take it easy now. Remember your blood pressure. Come on, Doc. Don't give me that. Have you been taking your medication? Yes, Doctor. Now, to get back to what I was saying, are you having problems? Your job, money, your marriage. Okay. Now I see. She put you up to this, right? She still thinks that I'm cheating on her. Well, she did say that she had some suspicions, but that's not... Yeah, right. well, thanks, but no thanks. I can handle my own personal problems. Hold it, Kelly. You've been drinking, haven't you? Why? You've been drinking a lot lately, haven't you? Haven't you? Well, that's my business. I'm not going to sit here and let Kelly, you... Kelly, please, listen for a minute. You're going to have to quit or at least cut down for your health. Booze won't mix well with your medicine, and it won't help your nerves any. Your health is all I'm concerned about. That is my business. Kelly, are you listening? Yeah. Good. Now, I have here the number of the local Alcoholics Anonymous. If you'd give them a call... What? I'm no Elky! Now, wait a minute. No, you wait. How much am I paying to have you sit there and insult me? Kelly, wait. Kelly! Yes. Dr. Ross. And I guess my name is Kelly. Not bad. A little corny. Kelly what, I wonder? Whoever this Dr. Ross is, I really laid into him. And I have the eeriest feeling that it was unjustified, that he was right and I was wrong, and I knew it. I was just being pig-headed. I wonder if the drinking has something to do with my being here. Wherever here is... God, I must be dreaming all of this. Hospitals, doctors, drinking. Wait, drinking. Something about drinking. Angie. Angie's. Angie's? Who is Angie? Angie's. Yeah, that's a bar, and I've been there several times. My favorite spot. Oh, hi, Kel. Uh, what'll it be? Uh, same thing. A double? Yeah. Coming up. Kelly? Kelly? The name. Hi. What are you doing here? Oh, just dropped in. I always pass here on the way home, so I thought I'd stop in and, and see what it was like. I saw you sitting here. Uh, do you come here a lot? Yeah, now and then. Can I get you something? Oh, yes. Um, gin and tonic, please. Okay. Hey, Joe, gin and tonic for the lady, huh? Oh, okay, right. Do you come here a lot? Uh, you seem to know the bartender. Yeah. So, how are things down in accounting? <sighs> Boring as usual. <laughs> well, now, this is a switch. What? I mean, you're awfully quiet. What are you talking about? Oh, you're always chattering around in the office. Well, especially with the ladies. And you're so quiet now. Uh, that's a front. This is the real me. Mm, the strong, silent type. Yeah. Oh, hey, hear that? What? That song. Well, that's my favorite record. It's called I Live to Love You. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Hey, here you go. Oh, thanks, Joe. Thank you. Well, don't you like that song? 
It's okay. Oh, you should listen to the words. A lot of people don't do that, but the words are very moving. And I mean, she's saying that, that she really loves you. him. What did you say? She, she really loves him. You know, I mean, when she goes on to say Why that... Why are you so nervous? Me? <laughs> I'm not nervous. Janine, what are you up to? What do you mean? Well, come on, I see right through you. You live north. You don't pass this place on the way home. Now, who'd you come here to meet? Secret heartthrob? <laughs> Some macho he-man from the loading dock? I came here to see you. What? Nothing. I'd better go. No, 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 wait. Please. I'm, no, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't a very nice thing to say. I've been drinking too much. No, you're right. I did come here to see someone. Me? Uh, yeah. Well, you don't look too pleased to see me. Come on, smile for me. I, I think you're cute when you smile. Oh, Kelly. No, really, you are. I... Ah, yes. I remember Janine. I remember that day and that night. I wonder who she is or was. Could this be the woman I married? Gee, I hope so. There was something very unusual about her. Very odd. Yeah, she was into all kinds of weird things, like things like astrology, mysticism, occult, biorhythms, biofeedback, parapsychology, palmistry. And flying saucers with little green men inside. Oh, you're making fun of me. <laughs> Sorry. That's all heavy stuff. And I thought secretaries were stupid. Don't be a chauvinist. Well, how can you believe all that stuff? What stuff? Uh, biofeedback and astronomy. Astrology. It's life, Kelly. It's what the universe is all about. These things deal with a part of human existence that, that transcends the physical world. Things that go to the root of life in the universe. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, no, really. Biology and physics can only go so far to explain life and all that. Science raises questions that can only be explored with astrology and occult or parapsychology. I mean, these things tie science with God or the force or, or whatever controls our lives. Ah, oh, come on. Biorhythms? I thought that had to do with rhythms in the, in the body uh, based on, uh, I don't know, uh, heartbeat, metabolism, and bowel movement. Very funny. Look, I have a theory. Look at this paper. See? What the hell is it? This is a chart of my astrological situations, my ups and downs according to my astrological chart. And this is a graph of my biorhythms for the same period of time. See? Well, see the correlation? Yeah. So? Well, don't you see? This ties biological action with the motion of the stars and planets. It's proof that our lives are controlled by the sun, the moon, and, and everything up there. Or the other way around. Oh, stop teasing me, Kelly. You ever consider the possibility that there's nothing more to the universe than what we can see or feel and hear? And when we die, we're just dead. No afterlife and no reincarnation? Yeah. Oh, you think I'm silly. No, I, I just can't get into that stuff. That stuff is what the world is all about. Tell me, is it possible to change your biorhythm? No, I don't think so. I bet I know how to make mine change. Oh, stop making fun of me. I'm serious. How? Kiss me. Stop it, Kelly. Oh, really? I'll show you. Kiss me. Oh, all right. See? <laughs> My heartbeat and pulse quickened a definite emotional high. Oh? Would you like a physical high, too? <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's really something. 
Well, she was here now, and I was awake. She must be my wife. I feel such love for her, even now. I'd be a fool not to marry her. I am your wife, damn it. What? Who's that? I'm talking to you, Kelly. Who's that woman? Kelly, I'm talking to you! Oh, what the hell do you want? Where were you last night? What do you mean, where was I? Just what I said. Where were you? This is the third time you've embarrassed me like this. What are you talking about? We were supposed to see Bill and Betty last night. Can you imagine how I felt when they called to ask where we were? I had to tell them you were ill. I had to lie to our best friends. Oh, big deal. Maybe I should have told them the truth. Yeah? What's that? That you were probably in some tavern, drunk. Wait a minute! Face it, Kelly. You're a drunk. A common sock. Now, just a damn minute. Was I drunk when I came in? Do I have a hangover now, huh? Well, no. You just assumed I was drunk, didn't you? So where the hell were you? With some friends. Who? You don't know them. Who were you with, Kelly? Do I have to account for my every waking moment? Who was she? She? Oh, so that's it. Accusing me of infidelity. I... I didn't mean that. It, it, it slipped out. Did it really? I'm sorry, Kelly. Where are you going? Leave me alone. Kelly, don't go. Please, I, I'm sorry. Get out of my way. I was upset. I didn't mean to. Get out of my way, Irene. Don't go drinking, Kelly. Please, Kelly. Well, that's it. Irene is my wife and Janine, my mistress. That's who I'd been with the night before, and that's who I was going to see. I was such a jerk. Poor Irene. I know it wasn't always like that. Irene and I were once in love. We've been married for years, if we still are. Then it started to turn sour. Sour for me. I, I guess I became bored. She was still a faithful and loving wife, and I became a, a liar and a cheat. It's obvious that some changes are due in my life. I'll have to tell Janine goodbye. She's a sweet girl, but, but she was just a fling. Someone that made me feel young again. The line between love and lust is sometimes quite thin. Yes, I'll have to tell Janine that it's over. I know it'll break her heart, but she's young and attractive. She'll be all right. I'll stop drinking and, and beg Irene's forgiveness. I have a great responsibility to her, and I must make amends. Only for a few minutes, please. Okay, I won't be long. It's Janine. Hi, Kelly. I just dropped in to say hello. The nurse said you wouldn't be able to hear me because you were in a coma, but... Well, you know me. Coma? You know I don't believe that. I mean, even though your brain and your physical body are in a coma, I think you can hear me. Your mind is still alive and awake. Your astral mind, I guess, but I know you can hear me. My God. There must be something to all this metaphysical stuff after all. I know you don't believe in the things that I do, but if you could try, just for a minute, well, maybe I could help you somehow. Go ahead, baby. Shoot. They say you're paralyzed. I think if you just concentrate, you could move. Something easy, like a finger or an eyelid. If you could just do that, it would prove that I was right. That there is more to the universe than just physical existence. It would prove it to you and to me. It sure would. 
Now I want you to clear your mind and concentrate on moving your eyes, okay? All I want you to do is open your eyes. Oh, sorry. No can do. They won't budge. I tried. Just clear your mind and think of nothing else. Concentrate. Send all your energies to the little muscles in your eyelids. Okay, if you insist, I'll, I'll try again. Concentrate as hard as you can. Eyes. Eyes. You can do it. Just Open. concentrate. Oh, uh, miss, um, what are you doing? Come on, Kelly, concentrate. Visiting hours are over, miss. Quiet. Come on, Kelly, you can do it. Your eyelids are quivering. Try just a bit harder. I told you, he can't hear you. Come on, Kelly, you're almost there. I know you can do it. Miss, I'll have to call the security guard if you don't leave now. Come on, Kelly, you can do it. Miss, please. Damn it. Kelly, Kelly, you did it. Oh, my God. Part two of The Ephemeral Man will continue in a moment. Imagine being born the son of a slave with the mind of a genius. That was Simi Johnson in the years following the Civil War. After a perilous escape from lynch mobs in Mississippi, he manages to earn a Ph.D. in physics at Tuskegee. And in his research, he discovers the secret of time travel. Simi develops a design for a time machine, but the technology required to make it work does not yet exist. Fast forward 125 years. An African-American college student in Chicago finds Dr. Johnson's plans and builds a time machine. He goes back to the year 1919 to meet the doctor and his beautiful daughter, Ollie, who live in Chicago's Black Belt, now known as Bronzeville. But he has chosen an unfortunate time in history and becomes involved in the bloodiest race riot in Chicago's history, the Red Summer Riot. The Chronicar, an urban adventure in time, is the award-winning novel by Steve Bellinger. Get your copy in paperback, Kindle ebook, and audiobook from Amazon, or ask for it at your favorite bookstore. The Chronicar, an urban adventure in time, because there is no fiction like science fiction. And now, the conclusion of The Ephemeral Man. I saw it. He opened his eyes. I saw him. Calm down, nurse. She was praying over him or something, and his eyes just popped open. Nurse, nurse Brooks, take it easy. Where is this woman now? I told her visiting hours were over. I see. So let's take a look here. Well, his eyes are closed tight now. But I saw them open. You probably did. No doubt a muscle spasm of some sort. Muscle spasm? Why, you old quack. I wasn't so trained. But that woman, she made him do it. Coincidence. Now I believe we both have rounds to make. Yes, doctor. Muscle spasm. 
Yeah, well, if I'm supposed to be in a coma, he wouldn't think I could do that. Guess I can't blame him. Coma. I never really knew what that was, except for Karen Ann Quinlan and what I saw on TV medical shows. I never really understood it. I wonder if I'll come out of it. Of course I will. Obviously, I'm not as deep as they think I am. I mean, a, a person in a coma is not supposed to be so aware of what's going on around him. I can hear, and I'm sure I can feel the sheets on me. My mind is very active. Quinlan was a vegetable, I think. Her brain was dead. But, now wait. What if she could hear, like me? What if this is what all people in comas go through? Maybe they forget it when they wake up. God, I hope I can wake up. And remember, <laughs> I could make medical history if I could remember all this. I'll sure try. I can remember seeing pictures of Karen and Quinlan and that singer Jackie Wilson. Motionless, their bodies twisted into bizarre contortions. Could I be that way? No, I can feel the covers on me. I'm lying on my back. I wonder how long it's been. I feel it's been for several days, maybe a week or two. Whenever I come out of this, <laughs> I'm going to have some problems. I'm beginning to feel very confused about Janine and my wife. Irene with me for all those years, however many they were. She was faithful and loving, and I feel she loves me still with all my incredible faults. But do I love her? No, not anymore. If what I feel is love, it's love for Janine. Sweet, young, naive Janine. She was able to bring out what I thought had long since died in me. I have a true commitment to both, my wife and my mistress. But what? How? It seems no more fair to drop Janine than to leave my wife. I should stop wishing so hard to come out of this. The easiest solution would be slip away. To quietly just slip away. Who's that? Irene, I don't think you should. He's my husband, Doctor. I want to see for myself. Oh, oh, oh my God! As you can see, he's gotten worse. What happened to him? Why is he twisted up like that? Twisted? Me? Muscular atrophy. Another sign of general degeneration. Is... is it irreversible? I'm sure it is. How can you be so certain? Irene, he's been comatose for over four months. Four months? But I read about a girl who was in a coma for, for 30 years, and, and she came out of it okay. You can't believe everything you read. I've seen too many cases like this. Four months, it's not possible. The only thing that's keeping Kelly alive is all this equipment here. That one keeps his heart beating, and this one keeps him breathing. If we turned either one off, he'd die. Maybe, maybe not. Please, I'm going to be straight with you. We can keep his body alive, but his brain, that's a different matter. His brain? I, I don't understand. His brain has been slowly dying. I've been checking regularly, and his EEG traces are weaker. But, but couldn't it heal? Irene, his brain cells are dying off by the millions. When they die, they stay dead. 
There's no regeneration in the brain. Even if through some miracle he should recover, he'd be a vegetable. What? No. No. You're lying. You know what you're talking about. He's not dead. I, I know he's not dead. Calm down, please. No. No. No, I won't calm down. He, oh, he said you were quack. He, he, he was right. I, I want to send to another hospital. I, I want experts, damn it. <laughs> Irene, stop it. Now get a hold of yourself. We've done all that is humanly possible. You've known me long enough to believe that. I was Kelly's doctor long before he married you. Believe me, this is difficult for me as well. Oh, I'm sorry, doctor. It's, it's just that he's all I have. My, my whole world... He's all I have. <laughs> it's all right. Come with me. What will I do? What will I do without him? <laughs> Come on now. I'll give you something to calm you. No, he's wrong. I can hear all that's going on around me. My memory is returning. My brain isn't dead. I can hear. I can think. I can even move a little. How do you explain that, Ross? Huh? You quack. All these years and giving up on me just like that? I'm lying here calling you a senile old fool, Ross. How do you explain that? These things deal with a part of human existence that, that transcends the physical world. Could that be? Could it be that Ross is right and all that's left is my mind? My soul? Oh, that's impossible. I just don't even believe in such things. Of course... Just because I don't believe... Ah, they're all crazy. Ross, Janine, all of them. No, Kelly, it's you. What? What was that? I remember. Driving. Driving home from a party in a terrible storm. Oh! Take it easy. It's only lightning. It's not the lightning. Well, it isn't. No, Kelly, it's you. I think I'd better drive. You're mad at me, right? No, I'm not mad at you. Pull over. Yeah, you're mad at me. I embarrass you at the party, right? Repeatedly. Okay, I'm sorry, okay? Okay, now pull over and let me drive. You can't drive in the rain, and I'm all right. Kelly, slow down, please. I'm going the speed limit, see? But the road is wet. I got everything under control. Now get off of my back. Please, Kelly, watch the road. Ah, shut up, okay? Kelly, oh my God, look out! No, no, I was drunk. Ran into a tree. At least Irene is okay, I guess. Oh, was I rough on her. I'm beginning to feel that I deserve my situation. Perhaps we do pay for our sins somehow. Maybe it's like Janine is always saying. There's more to the world than what we see, feel, and hear. Perhaps I really don't deserve to live. Something, something's happening to me. A strange sensation. Like I'm suddenly a different person. Like I've just achieved some new understanding, some new level of existence. What is this noise? It's, ah, it's deafening. And I'm moving. 
moving very quickly. I see it. I'm speeding down a long corridor, a long dark tunnel. I'm feeling dizzy. There's a light. A light at the end. Very bright. Getting closer and closer. I'm out. Out of the tunnel. Free. Floating in the air. What's this? A wall. A white wall standing in my way. Maybe I can... Yes, I can. I can move almost effortlessly through space. If I just rotate my body... Wait, there was no wall. It's a ceiling. I'm hovering at the top of some sort of room. A hospital room. There's somebody in the bed below. The poor guy is all twisted and contorted. I feel I, I should know him. Maybe if I move a little closer, I can see through. Oh my god. It's me. It's impossible. How can I be here and there at the same time? Unless I'm dead. Wait, what's that? A light. A tiny bright light floating in the center of the room. Growing bigger and bigger. It's very, very warm. And I feel very peaceful, very serene, and loved. There's another presence in the room, very hazy. I can't make it out. A person, a man. Benny! It's my brother Benny! No, he can't be. He's been dead for six years. Unless... No, that's it. I must be at the very threshold of life and death. Benny's saying something to me, beckoning to me. He wants me to follow. It's all right. Everything is going to be fine. You're sure, Benny. I trust you. Of course, I want to. This is such peace, such, such joy. I, I, I can't believe it. Yes, Benny, I'm coming. What? The light. It's saying something to me. Think something too soon, too soon. No, I want to. I want to die. It's standing in my way. Not timing. Too soon. Must go back. No, I don't want to go back. I don't want to. Benny, Benny, wait. I want to go with you. Too soon. Not timing. My time will come, but not now. Okay, Benny. If you say so, I understand. Yeah, I'll see you later, Benny. The light is fading. Benny's gone. Getting dark again. I can feel myself sinking, sinking. He doesn't look any different to me. His condition is very different. Here, I want to show you something. Remember what I told you before about EEG? I, I think so. This trace is what I showed you the other day. All the squiggly lines indicate weak brain activity. Now, see this? The lines are straighter. What does that mean? That means that Kelly is dead. Because his brain is dead. No. No. 
That that can't be. His heart is beating. According to that machine, it's it's beating. And I can see his chest rise and fall with each breath. The body is alive only because these machines are keeping it alive. It? The brain is dead. That which we know as Kelly is dead. This is just a lot of organs that will probably go on indefinitely. If we let it. Dr. Ross, are, are you suggesting... I'm not suggesting anything. If... If Kelly is dead, we would be justified in shutting off the machines. Please, Irene, you said that. What are you saying? The laws in this state are very vague when it comes to this. Laws? We know that Kelly's gone. His brain is no longer functioning. But in this state, the legal definition of death is a matter of interpretation. If I pull the plug, it's almost certain to end up in court. If the judge rules that he was killed when he was disconnected, I could lose my license or even end up in jail. It seems pointless to leave it on. It must cost a fortune. The insurance company will surely back out and you'll be stuck with the bills. Yes, I know. Then you do accept his death? He died in a car crash four and a half months ago. Now, legally, I can't turn the machines off. Uh, are you saying that I should be the one Look, to... Look, I'm stepping out for a minute. All I know is if when I come back in, if I found that circuit breaker trip, I'd have to say there was a mechanical failure. Oh, I see. I'll be right outside the door. I don't believe what I'm hearing. I'm not dead. I'm right here where I always was. I don't care what those damn machines say. What if my brain is dead? What if I can't keep my own body alive? I'd be an invalid, a vegetable when I revive. But if she pulls the plug, will I die? Will I become a free spirit again? Will I exist as energy, as a soul, like Benny? Kelly, please understand. This, this is for both of us. I must do this for both of us. You're dead. You can't hear me. Yes, I can. I can't let her do this. It's too soon. Not time yet. This is not the time for me to die! What will happen if I go too soon? I've got to stop her. I must... I must concentrate. Maybe I can still get this dying body to come to life again. Just long enough to stop her. I must concentrate. Concentrate! I know you can't hear me. You're dead. I... I can't do this. But I... I have to. Oh, I love you, Kelly. And, and I always will. And I know you would want it this way. Good... Goodbye, Kelly. Oh! Oh, oh my God! Was that Kelly? My God! I 
nurse, nurse, get in here. Come on, Kelly. Come on, Kelly. Yes, doctor. Adrenaline, quickly. I, I, I killed him. No, you didn't, Irene. Please, nurse, hurry up. Here, doctor. No use. He's gone. Oh. Irene, you did the right thing. Nurse, please leave us. He called out to me. Even if I could have revived him, he would have been a vegetable. I killed him, doctor. No, you didn't. Remember that. It was equipment failure. Away from you. Played by Neil Boyle, Irene by Doris Gilbert, Janine by Susan Sigan, Dr. Ross by Lee Webb, and Nurse Brooks by Jackie Hojorges. The Ephemeral Man was written and directed by Steve Bellinger, with special thanks to Mr. Pierre Lee and the Bazazian Public Library. Original music, I Live to Love You, words and music by George T. Corbett, and sung by Francesca. This has been a Stephen A. Bellinger production. If ghosts can visit us, can we visit them? Ron Lewis's education and career are firmly rooted in science, but a curse that dates back to the days of slavery has plagued him since childhood. Born in a black ghetto in the 1960s, Ron's pragmatism is at odds with his experience. Whether it's the trials of an interracial relationship or the supernatural forces that he can't see to avoid. Just when he thinks he has found peace of mind, Ron's life is upended by tragedy. He is given the opportunity to use science to communicate with the dead and finally confront the evil that has plagued him and his family for generations. That's when all hell breaks loose. Edge of Perception, a paranormal science fiction love story by award-winning author Steve Bellinger. Get your copy in paperback, Kindle ebook, and audiobook from Amazon or ask for it at your favorite bookstore. Edge of Perception, a paranormal science fiction love story, because there is no fiction like science fiction.
This is Thursday Thrillers, audio with action on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow on Mutual with Friday Follies, the end-of-the-week collection of comedy cut-ups. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or find the Friday Follies feed in your favorite podcast players. Now that's a lot of effus. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.